Ah, welcome cool. to Dyson Pixels, episode seven of season O two. How you going there? Hello. How are you Good. going there? Fuck. Welcome. Welcome again, everyone. Welcome again. Welcome to the well organized mess. I'm that is Dyson Pixels. Plenty organized. I have notepad in front of me. That's as organized as anyone ever needs to be in this line of let's call it work. Oh, I'm I'm never even close to being that organized. No. But, uh, there you yeah, go. That's fine. That's fine. On with the yeah. show. Um. So, the usual question: What you been up to, Puck? I have a cold, yeah. so if anyone's <laughs> wondering why I sound more uh, nasal and annoying than usual, it's my cold. Yeah, that's no excuse. Um, yeah, no uh, excuse. Well, I uh, I had my one of my D and D groups finish up their campaign on Saturday, which is great. Um, playing the old Tyranny of Dragons uh, campaign. Oh, so, yes, which is pretty pretty swish. Uh, other than that, yeah, not really a lot. Um, Did you uh, go underwater this week, or were you above ground? It was a uh, wet week last week. No, we uh, yeah, we uh, we managed to to stay dry. Um, we're over on the north side of Brizzy, so um, it didn't really affect us, which is which is good. Uh, last last floods we didn't. Last floods there, uh, we lost our entire house. What? Yeah, didn't you know that? When was that? Uh, twenty eleven. The big ones. oh, there's been floods since then. Yeah, no, no, but like you know the big twenty eleven uh, floods, two thousand ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever year it was. Back in the day. Uh, How'd you yeah. lose your house? What do you mean you lost your house? It floated away? No, it went, basically, the whole thing went under. So we lost everything. Jesus. But, but that was fine, though, because that was uh, that was earlier in our marriage where everything we had was crap anyway. So Yeah, I mean, you get just... insurance money to buy all new stuff. Oh, no, no, no. No, the insurance didn't pay for it. Uh, what? The, a certain insurance company reclassified the field that was at the back of our house as a river. Um. And oh, yes. Said- so you had one of those great insurance companies that didn't cover rising water. It didn't matter. They classified it as a river. And but they unless had- you live in the river, <laughs> I don't see how they can argue <laughs> that it was know. your fault. <laughs> no, no, no. But they had... They had um- the assessor, when he came out, he was standing in my living room. I just said, oh, yeah. So it looks like it's been classified as a river. Uh-huh. We're looking at several cows standing in this so-called river at the moment, eating the grass. On top might of be those, the river. Obviously, those <laughs> those fabled aqua cows that I've heard so yeah. much about inhabiting our suburbs. Yeah, it's not a fucking river. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, tonight on the show, we have... Uh, uh, yeah. There's a few things I'm reviewing. I'm reviewing the currently going viral chicken scream. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm reviewing cryo, cryo fear. Oh, I remember that. I've played that, but I'll keep my mouth shut. Um, and I'll also be doing... I'm not going to call it review. I'm going to... Calling it a mention to a very weird game I found on Steam that I'll announce a little bit later, which is definitely indie and definitely extraordinarily strange. Oh, another thing we did, if you've been following the Dyson Pixels uh, Facebook page, you'll see that I hacked my Vita so I could play PC games on it over the network. You know, I did see that. That is actually very, very cool. And yes, Mm. I have played... I have played, while you've been on the server, Seven Days to Die on the Vita. And it's actually not that bad once I set up a control scheme that worked. Yeah, I was wondering if that was going to work. Um, yeah, everything I've thrown in it works, works great because I can, I've got a piece, piece of software that custom configures the controls. So, uh, shout out to Molman Must Die, who I managed to play your game on the Vita. It plays really well on the Vita. Please release it on Vita so you can be the only person releasing games on the Vita. Um... <laughs> This might be a silly question. I didn't sell that very well, did I? <laughs> yeah, this might be a silly question. What the fuck is a Vita? What? Get out. Okay. <laughs> so, do you remember the, even the, the PlayStation Portable? Remember years ago, there was a PlayStation Portable? It was yeah, a yeah. handheld thing. A PISP. Um, the, yes, the PISP. Um, then that got hacked and used, but it didn't sell yeah, a huge amount of games. Then they released a follow-up one. Um, oh, 
five years ago, four years ago, something like that, called the PlayStation Vita. Now, it was the same, except it had dual touchscreens. There was a touchpad on the back and a touchscreen on the front. And it was one of the first, they doing it before phones do it, I believe, the first devices which had artificial reality games that would use certain things to decide what was in the real world and you could, you know, play things through your screen. And it was it was really cool. And there was a lot of like, cool, check it out. It's really good. And once again, if any AAA developer had really jumped on and decided to make games for it, it probably would have been a really good handheld console, except no one did. And what they did sell was a whole shit ton of movies and stuff like that, which is pointless because you watch them on your tablet or your phone anyway. So if you've bought a PS Vita and you're watching movies on it, it's not what you should have bought it for. Okay, I don't want to... But but, but that said, that said, now that there is homebrew available for it and there's hacks for it and there is this thing that I did with an app called Moonlight, which lets you stream any game from an NVIDIA CPU computer or your desktop if you want to the... Vita so you can play it you know while lying in bed or something that is awesome because it means you can play indie games on Steam while lying in bed so it has actually given a purpose to the Vita I don't want to make you mad but I realized I asked a question and then I forgot to listen to the answer because I was too busy buying things on the humble bundle okay so (laughs) okay pick up your phone pick up your phone look at your phone for a second nah it's too late your phone moment's gone let's do news I was going to say, turn your phone sideways, stick some buttons on it. There's a Vita, with, except eliminate the game library. Uh, <laughs> uh, this came out before the mobile game boom happened kind of just after that and just crippled it. So anyway, uh, yeah, let's do right. some news. Let's do some news. What's on the, what's on the news? news, uh, and news your turn. News, go, news, go, news. go, 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 go. Well, the Humble Bundle this week is pretty goddamn good. That's so, not news. Um, That's a bundle, but it's no, good. No, have you looked at it? Have you looked at it? No. Have you looked at it? Did you look at it? Go and look at it. I'm looking at it. What is you it? You know what it is? It's chicken, it it's chicken I don't horse. It's chicken horse. I can't look at it yet. I don't have NBN and neither do you. I don't have NBN. I've been rubbing everyone's face in it for like weeks that I'm getting well, NBN. That you were getting NBN yep. yesterday. Yeah. And then yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I got a message saying, oh, we've had to delay your NBN application because we're idiots. Um, because it turns out that the the issue when you're trying to install fiber at a premise, if there's no fiber... It makes it really difficult to install it. So they had to delay it by two, two weeks until they put the fiber in. Um, but the Humble Bundle this week is pretty freaking good. Um, if nothing Apart else... Apart from the fact that it's all... Indie. Are we looking at the same Humble Bundle? Uh, you're looking at the wrong one. you got to go up the top and there's a PlayStation Bundle. Go across to the Hooked On Multiplayer Bundle. Well, I don't know. I like the PlayStation Bundle. It's pretty cool. That's pretty well good too. Look, if nothing else, uh, it's got Ultimate Chicken Horse in it. Yeah, okay. Um, and also Move or Die. Have you seen this one? Yeah, that one's great. Um, I love Move or Die. We, I think we should do a playthrough of this one because it's um, it's four player local um, or online, um, but the mechanics of the entire game change every twenty seconds. So the rules are consistently change. It's awesome. I think it's we life. should do a- It's life. I- it's a life simulator. I'm actually thinking, let's do a playthrough of this with Nap. Because it would would it frustrate him? Oh my, oh my God, he'd love it. Great. He'd, he'd do that laugh that breaks your microphone. Oh, I know the one. Yeah, yeah. I know the uh, one. But, he's um, broken one of our microphones with that laugh. I remember that. Yeah, well, that's so pretty anyway. good. I don't really think that. Well, okay, it's kind of news. Be I suppose that it's news because th- there's pretty crap news this week, isn't there? Yeah, it's not. I'm great. not seeing anything amazing. Like, uh, there's an uh, there's a couple things on about like how um Blizzard's talking about the necromancer again. Okay, oh, who cares? That's nice. Uh, uh, Bioware is working in fixing all the issues people had with Andromeda. Um, yeah, some- which oh, someone's. Fine. Someone's worked out that 10,233 games-based projects have been funded on Kickstarter. So somebody went through and counted that. Well, congratulations yeah. to the guy that went and did, did that because there's probably an index. You could have looked that up. So if you counted that... No, no, I think great. it's come from Kickstarter. To, to, yeah. to give you an idea of how poor news is today, right? Mm. IGN, which is a game news site, right? One of the top articles on IGN was a list of every major character from The Fast and the Furious. 
you've run out yeah, of right. news. Well, uh, but but I'd... in funny in funny news in funny news, uh, and it's totally unrelated. But it came from a game site, so I'm gonna say it's it's relevant. I know what a a long time hardcore follower of Sheer Leboeuf you are <laughs> over there, Puck. Um, his latest indie drama, uh, Man Down, was a major flop. Now this is this is great. Um, there's a theater in B- in Burnley in the US, right? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> at that cinema, the film has managed to sell one ticket, and it oh, has grossed eight dollars and seventy cents in its <laughs> opening run. <laughs> um. Um. Oh, here, here's one. Here's one. Okay, so there's this is the headline. Peter Molyneux's next game is very different. In quotations. Right. Come so, on! Okay. Every single game he's released no, is no, no. very different. Come no, on! No, no, no! But when they've we've when they've had this interview with him, it's clearly just the reporters trying to get information out of him, and he won't tell them anything. So they're like, "So what have you been doing?" And he's like, "I've been working on this game called Legacy." I'm like, uh huh. And what kind of game is it? And he said, "Well, I was in a hotel and I was having breakfast and I was coding it and I had an idea." And they're like, "Yeah." And and he's like, Isn't "Well." He th- no, 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 hey, no, no, no. And Isn't this is the best guy? part. This is the best part. He says, and I quote, I think it would be a mistake to talk about it. Right. <laughs> this is an interview. Hey, isn't he, isn't he, is, he's the guy that made the game where you, you on the phone where everyone was hack, hacking away at this big cube to get to some mystery or something, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, didn't he really, was that someone else? Remember there's like that mobile game, this is big, um, Big thing about where there was a, a oh god maybe he wasn't maybe he wasn't there was yeah, a guy that did that I've got him mixed up with some that was a dream just a dream um, no there was this mobile game thing where maybe it's that yeah looking up oh. the library of shit that he's made here we go I'm about to own the I'm about to own the news Minecraft has just released a Power Rangers DLC I don't care it's probably still it probably was already a community <laughs> DLC. Okay, no, 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 no. I was right. Peter Molyneux, um, he created a game called Curiosity, What's Inside the Cube, which was an experimental video game that was a social experiment, right? And the whole idea was it's a minimalist white room where there's a huge cube in the middle made of tiny little cubelets floating across each other, right? And players would tap the cubelets to dig through the surface of each layer and reveal the next layer below. The goal was to reach the center of the cube. And millions of people spent ages hacking away at this cube. He essentially trolled the world. I can't remember what was in the middle, but... I don't think there was anything in the middle. I think it was just this exercise in disappointment. Um... What? But he also made he was also involved in, you know, black and white and all the stuff that we Is this why nobody also. wants to deal with him? I think it might be. I think they all played that game and now they hate him. But remember, uh <laughs> Fable Fable came from him and I know the amount of uh people that you mishomed and assaulted in Fable as we've covered it in season one. I have, so. yes, yes. <laughs> well that's alright. That's kind of game news. Um I'm sorry. I just I don't think there's any other interesting game news out. This well, is an amazing week. Okay. Well, hang on, hang on. Let's. Uh, okay. Let's go a little bit outside the normal realm of like. Hang on. Uh, hang, gaming. On, hang on. No, hang on. No. no oh my god. No, I think you. Oh are, you my god. Fucking news. Oh my god. No. News. Stop. No, oh my god. No, oh my god. No. no. Sorry. Gone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This was a rumor, and it is a rumor that has come up a few times over the years and is repeatedly denied. You'll probably know where I'm going with this when I say the name. It is repeatedly been denied by the series creator, Jonan Vasquez. However, Nickelodeon has confirmed that they are doing the Zim movie, which has been fictionalized for like however many years to essentially round up and explain everything that happened at the end of that show. I'm excited because I love Gurr. He is my favorite character of all time. Ever, because he reminds me of lots of people I've worked with. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't care. Okay, have you ever heard of a company called GitLab? Yes. Has anyone I- not heard of a company called GitLab? I know, I know. Just checking. Uh, do you? I, I, this is oldish news, but did you? Hear I would what just they like did? to point out. I'd like to point out that I'm a programmer. Yeah. Do you know what they did? Trades. You know what they did? I a, know what GitLab is. Do you know what they did a couple of months ago? They no. attempted to back up their database of all of their uh, 
well, all of their data, pretty much. Uh, and they screwed it up and deleted uh, 295 gigabytes worth of data. Oh. Oh, <laughs> was of, that... Out of was 300 that a, was that, gigabytes of data. Is there any chance that that particular project was overseen by IBM or someone like that? Because... Uh, no, no. It smells a bit IBM-ish. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, none of their backups worked. So they end up having to use a uh, a very uh, crappy version of their backup data. Um, but uh, yeah, you know what I'm surprised hasn't actually happened, and I'm just putting this out there because I think it should. Um, You're good at putting things out there and seeing. Yeah, it I am. Work, so. That's true. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised D- that the dicks to you website comes to mind. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Dongs to I- you or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you know how we've got this kind of like uh, Netflix economy kind of thing going on at the moment, where everything's now about a monthly fee, um, and even it's I think not Microsoft- a now thing that's been around for no, but it's really it's it's kind of taken off when uh, like in the last few years. So now everything is about subscription. So most people go subscription. Yeah. Why why aren't we doing games via subscription? Like just in general. Like- uh, no, there was a company. There was a company that uh, attempted to use some of the technology that I think now got. I think it came from Citrix or got bought up by Citrix, um, called OnLive, that wanted to do a Netflix-style subscription for games. Right, except the way they did it was the entire catalog was streaming, which is great, except it only works in the US and only works if you're in within about five kilometers of a data center. So the whole fucking idea just fell over because it wasn't applicable worldwide. Um, in terms of a platform, such as having something like Steam, where you pay a monthly mm. fee and you get access to all the games on there, this is actually an idea that I've taken to two investors and no one's invested in it. But I think it'd be a great idea. Yeah. because well, Dyson you, Pixels we- people. If you... Because we have... I've already got a lot of the source code for this platform, which was programmed as proof of concept. If you would like to see an indie platform similar to Steam, in essence, but revolves around you pay a monthly fee you get to basically use and play every game on that platform for the monthly fee and the uh the monthly fee gets separated and dispersed between the developers of the games you play that month which means every developer that has every game is getting a little bit of money all the time which creates ongoing revenue for the indie developers if you'd like to see that happen let me know i will set up a kickstarter and if we can kickstart it we will do it because it's kind of like spotify really exactly it's a fantastic idea there's a couple technical things you need to get around but we already overcame them for the demo that um, me and a uh, you, know, you know Dave um, basically put together but I think it's a phenomenal idea and I would pay you know 10, 15, 20 whatever dollars a month oh, that's probably in five, say 10 or 15 dollars a month for access to a huge library of indie games to ensure that sure it's a small ongoing revenue stream but the problem indie game developers have is when they write a game let's say they sell it on steam for 10 bucks and they get yeah. six bucks they get six bucks once off now let's take terraria as an example terraria on pc it's massively huge selling game right However, yeah, yeah, yeah. they've made all the money they're going to make. No one, everyone owns it. No one's going to buy it again. So their only choice is to discontinue releasing content for the original game and start making a second game that people will buy to get an influx of money. By the mechanisms of what, what we're talking about now, they would continually have an in, uh, income stream as long as people are playing their game, which means it gives them reason to continue to support and develop the game. This is a problem with a lot of indie games you see. They'll release and then they'll decay because they've run out of their initial funding investment, so the game's turned to shit. Or they'll make all their money and then they'll fuck off and they won't ever do anything on the game again. It becomes crap. People stop playing. Mm. Um, so I think this actually... I always thought it was a great idea because it helps indie developers with an ongoing thing. And for the consumer, it's a pretty cheap amount of money to pay per month to have an access to a huge library of games. Yeah. And see, because the thing is like, I've got, oh God, I've got probably about maybe 150 games on my Steam list. I never play most of them. Exactly. And then every now and again, uh, I'll sit down to play something new or whatever and um and a lot of the time i'll look at because i know that i don't play them that much i'm when it comes to gaming i'll play certain games a lot and i'll go through periods where i play certain games a lot but then because i've got the tabletop stuff i often don't have time um so then i'll go through months where i don't play 
really any games except for one or two. But then I'll sit down and go, okay, I want to play something new. And I'll look up an indie game. And I'm like, oh, God, do I want to spend 20 bucks on something? I'm probably going to play, play for maybe an hour. Yeah, nah. exactly. I, I would like to point out one thing. This model has already been adopted by uh, Microsoft and EA and a couple others. They have monthly subscription fees that you can pay in order to play a library of games. PlayStation Network and Xbox do have models of this, except it's a oh, cool. it's a different it's it's a cool it's a different type of library. There is, however, nothing that does it focused around the indie sector specifically for well, we traditionally review mostly PC games because a lot of our indie mm. titles come off Steam. Um, so there's stuff like that. Um, there is a, another service in the US called GameFly, which is about sixteen bucks a month, but you actually get to rent physical games that they post you so it doesn't really work that well um there are a f- few other services that let you get discounts but that's about it nothing that is doing it as a proper consumption service uh mm. some of the one someone's online for instance you'll pay for them but all you get access to is a library of non-current games so AAA titles but ones that came out ages ago so it's less enticing than a, than a flood of new indie games um yeah i'm actually uh, we- this is a thing that Steam could do very easily, but if they did, they destroy their whole whole cost structure. So I don't think they could mechanically do it because what they'd be talking about then do, was though. was either putting their initial business model out of business or or pissing off every person that's ever bought a game. Because for instance, you would have people that says, "I've bought you know two thousand dollars worth of games." on Steam and now you're saying that people can get all of my games for like 10 bucks a month fuck you cuz there'll be some idiot that does that no but see that's that's the that's the same argument that uh you know screw Netflix because oh, I've bought all these DVDs now other people can get the games no oh i never said it was a good argument yeah. it's a stupid <laughs> argument and anyone um, that makes that argument is equally stupid but it's it's still you know the world of people you need yeah, to be I'll... very careful in the world of today because people are stupid and they get offended because you you tell them not to be stupid and they go, but I want to be stupid and then yeah, yeah no, it's horrible. I would I would say what you'd probably do is like well, I mean, look, Steam. I think Steam's probably the only one who can do it at this stage because they're the only ones. Uh, with yeah, the, the, the only the only way it. you could actually actually do it reliably if you if you did it as a new business is you'd have to contact every single game developer that was indie on Steam or or go through which some is not, network which is not which viable. Was, not really. Um, so, what, so I would imagine you'd, what, you'd have to. The only way you could do it is a slow burn. You'd have to start slowly, roll up, and get the attention of everyone. You couldn't do it on mass unless you were Steam, because they no, no. So what? What I would imagine you would do through Steam is to set up like a new section of Steam, which is like indie streaming. It wouldn't work for the big AAA titles. You wouldn't do it for them. Exactly. You do it for for the uh, for the smaller ones, and then you might have different tiers of it. So, if the cost of your game is normally $10 a game, you might be on tier one. So, anywhere from a dollar to $10, you're on tier one. If your game's normally whatever, it's, you know, it's uh, tier two. And then charge different amounts for that. And it could be tier one games. Oh, to get to subscribe to tier one might only be $5 a month, right? But you're only playing one and $2 games. Whereas the when you get up to like the thirty dollar indie games, well, you're still paying, you know, say thirty or forty dollars a month. I would do that in a heartbeat. I think I still think the cost needs to be equalized, similar to something for Netflix, which would still work for developers because you 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 would need a large consumption of services because it's not it's not taking money away from developers anyway. It is still giving them money. Um, but what it is is an inspiration to make sure that your games, you know continues to be good support your game make it a good game which i think is an encouraging thing to do in the community and make Mm. it original make it new don't do what you know i don't know activision do and just like pump out the same game over (laughs) and over and over um because if you look at their model if activision had a okay when they released i don't know whichever of the call of duties it's whatever it is um, whichever of the most recent ones after modern warfare warfare one when it all got terrible um the spacey one uh, no, no, no. That's I'm going going back way ages ago, right? No, like ten years oh, ago, yeah, or something yeah. like that. If they had a subscription model about the game, and they said, "Okay, you pay ten dollars a month for the rest of your life, and this game will go through iterations where the engine will get upgraded, the content will get upgraded, and stuff like that," they would continue producing content for the game. But because they don't do that, it means they force everybody 
to change the game they're playing multiplayer every two years, which means, yeah, it's great. You can buy a game now that you can play multiplayer and they go, yeah, you can play it forever. No, because everyone will stop playing it when the next game comes out. There's mm. no point. And everyone buys it for multiplayer anyway. Um, we're getting sidetracked, but I actually think that's... A, yeah. I, I think that's a good idea. I, I look, I, I think... I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. I think it's the start of a good idea and it needs to be refined. But I think indie is, is the, the space to do it. I, yeah, definitely. Um, it'd yeah. be too hard to get all the AAAs on board, but the thing is the majority of games oh, on Steam happen. are indie. Like 85 to 90% of games on Steam are indie. Really? I would have, I would have said more. Actually, it would be, yeah. No, you're right. It would be yeah. way more. Um, interestingly, that leads us into... No, it doesn't. It really, really doesn't. I think um, there's actually one of the topics we're going to talk through today we might do next week because... It, because I think we've talked about something more interesting there than uh, yeah than what we were getting uh, into. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, yeah. I'm just trying to I'm trying to get my brain back on track to what we're talking about now. Oh, we weren't talking uh, about anything. We're talking about complete garbage. Yeah. So uh, going downhill oh, from there anyway. Uh. By the way, there was just one. Uh, one small thing that I saw. One bit of news that I saw, uh, which was from um. The Pokemon Go, like, CEO. Um, You're already... I am... Hang on. I need to prepare myself to be completely underwhelmed. Give me a sec. Yeah. yeah. Hang on. I'm nearly ready to be underwhelmed. Okay. Underwhelm me. Okay. So, this might actually lead us into our next discussion point, potentially, uh, which is he has said that virtual reality has the potential to be too good and might lead to people wanting to spend extended periods of time in digital worlds. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. That's exactly what it is. Have you been to, like, Southeast Asia when some of the StarCraft competitions are going on? Yeah, people are This is a well-known phenomenon. It's called gaming addiction. Dude, get a life. Yeah, Um, but that's the whole fucking point of it. Do you remember... um, uh, What was it? Um, Oh, crap. Uh, Not Battlestar Galactica. It was the uh, Caprica. Remember Caprica? Oh, I never saw it. Oh, okay. It's not amazing. It's That's why bit, I never saw it. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really well made. Um, but the whole thing sort of um, revolves around this idea of this like virtual world. I think they call them halos, I think. Um, whatever that was. Um, basically, it was virtual worlds that people could descend into and build their own entire universes. And like, yeah, it's amazing. That's the goal. That's where you want to head. Don't yep. stop it. Make it happen. Well, I'd um, see, this is what I call the better-than-life effect, uh, covered in the, the novelized version of Red Dwarf, um, which is if you created a virtual world, right, that was not only so realistic, but was so much better than the real world. And let's face it, with the current state of the world, that's not that hard. Um, but if you did that, people would have no reason to leave. Why would you? Yeah. Because you go, okay, my real body is decaying and stuff like that. But if you can work out a way to get food in the real world into you, well, fuck it. All you need is enough money to play the game, so you'll keep playing it. So, uh, that is not well, a new a- theory. That guy's thinking that that's oh, new. No. And this does lead us to our new th- new technology of, uh, new discussion point of games and technology. And what do you think? Well, I, I'm undecided yet. What What do you think is going to be the the predominant cause of the end of civilization. Is it going to be for VR? No, games. Ga- <laughs> just games in general are going to end it's the games. world. What? No, How? It's, it's, okay. Um, okay. So, okay. There's, uh, there, there are multiple kind of theories that have been going around that have been uh, expressed in movie and TV form. So, so one of those is, um, do you remember? Do you remember the old Sequest DSV show? <laughs> yeah, I actually do. And you do you remember the episode where they came across this like um Oh, that's right. They traveled into the future, didn't they? Oh, I dude, that's going back so far. Oh, I well, remember. Or they I remember a talking dolphin and a guy that wore shorts too much and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty much summarizes it. But anyway, <laughs> that's there's, the so, whole show. So, so they come across this, this society where um, uh, everyone's 
inside in virtual world and they're playing games but the weird thing about this particular episode is that for some reason they're playing games where they're like you know in big mech warrior things shooting at each other but then out in the real world there's like actual robot mech warriors around mimicking their actions i was like why there's no reason for these mech warriors everyone's inside however however, they are doing that now with with uh, playable drones Exactly. They're creating games where you can actually battle drones, whichever are controlled by your phone. <laughs> you know what makes me laugh like so much? You know how everyone like um, has been bitching for years about, oh, where's our hoverboards? Well, we're, we're kind of getting there now because you know these like quadcopter things that can like can carry oh, a fair amount of weight. They've that's what that there know, are but- two prototype hoverboards. One requires a special floor and it does work. There's another which is a lot bigger. And is essentially a it, it's a hovercraft, and my god, it's noisy. And if you yeah, were to yeah. fall off it, you would probably die. But it looks a lot like Biff's mega hoverboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, where's my fucking, late. where's my fucking flying car? I was like, I, and I realized the other day. Okay, so we're getting closer and closer to having flying cars. Right, because the natural progression from these like quadcopter things is to build a drivable vehicle. Right, that's just it's just some dipshit who's like gaffered Ford forty of these quadcopters together, right? Yeah, to his to his Datsun one twenty Y, but he's flying but over North Lakes. Yeah, but this is all happening at the same time that self driving cars are happening, right, and becoming more and more prevalent. So what's going to happen is that we're finally going to get these fl- these flying cars, and nobody's going to get to fucking drive them because they're going to drive yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Apple and Google have already got that that market cornered. Hey, incidentally, but- I know this is a slight aside, but I just wanted to throw it in here because I forgot to mention to it. Um, you know well, where you live? Puck lives near Mango Hill, uh, everyone. You know the intersection up on the corner there um, where like no. the coffee club is and, and that kind of stuff, like yeah, the big yeah. main intersection? Um, I saw something the other day when I was going along there on, on the road to the, the studio office thing. Um, that blew my mind. And it was a guy in an off-blue coloured DeLorean doing burnouts in the middle of the intersection. What time is this? Oh, this was like one o'clock in the afternoon. He went across the road with the other traffic and there was another traffic and he just did a full Yui and spin out in the middle of the road and then continued to drive off. (laughs) I actually think he only did that as a way of communicating, hey guys, I'm in a motherfucking DeLorean. Check it out. <laughs> well, hang on. Aren't there only like two DeLoreans in Australia? Anyway, it doesn't oh, matter. Oh, no, okay, there's okay. a bunch. There's a bunch. Anyway, okay, back, and, to, and, back to anyway, flying so, cars so, and the death of So humanity. that's so, so Sequest DSV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but the whole point of this, of this episode is that everyone, there's no reason for them to even leave their houses, right? This is just where they, they, they stayed. Um, and then you've got other things like, you know, Stargate SG-1 did something like this. Stargate people- did that. Stargate Atlantis did it. Star Trek did it. Yeah, Star Trek like, did it. They've, they've all, all done, all done versions of this same theory. Um, they've, and, they've- and usually, usually the episode name is something like Paradise Lost, which if you look it up, I'm pretty yeah. sure Paradise Lost is the most used episode name of any sci-fi series on the friggin' planet. Um, yeah, yeah. I think Sliders did an episode like this as well. Yeah, they did. They did. And, and of course, you know, like like Paradise Lost is like the you know the old uh, Milton, um, yeah. you know, uh, biblical thing. Which, on a side note, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Paradise Lost. I'm pretty sure that's that's all the bits that people remember from the Bible that aren't actually in the Bible. They're actually in Paradise Lost. Yeah, but <laughs> people's memory is very uh, subjective when it comes to yeah. that particular book. Yeah, but then um, uh, then there was a most uh, which and this uh, probably the most recent incarnation of of this idea uh, was in um, uh, the most recent um, uh, black uh, oh, crap. What's it called? Black Adder. No. Black books. No, it's not. It's fr- black Mirror, you douche. Black Mirror. God, <laughs> fell out of my brain. Um, no, okay. So the most recent Black Mirror, um, and it, the, specifically the name of the episode was, and I'm just double checking this before I say it. Um, uh, where the hell is it? Return of the Jedi. It? No. Ah, oh, where the hell is it? Army of Darkness. Oh, useless website. It's not Black Mirror, me. the uh, next generation. 
No, I can't remember the name. It was like an amazing episode as well. You'll never um, think of it while I'm helping you. <laughs> I guarantee. Uh, where so is anyway, it? anyway, what was the episode about? The name doesn't matter. Hang on, I'm finding. It doesn't names, matter. Man. It's the annoying name doesn't me now. Matter. Don't does. make me okay. yell. Don't make me Sam yell at you like you work in San marketing. Junipero. The name doesn't matter. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So San, San Junipero. Okay, so well, in San thank Junipero, you. It was so great that we wasted a minute of all of our lives good, when we yeah, looked yeah. for that nugget. Okay, so the the um uh, kind of the crux of this episode is that they're in a virtual environment, and it's where uh, older people or people in comas who you know um, can't really do anything else or, Read or, good. or, or immobile. Yes. Yeah, they go in here. But there's a couple of really interesting little things on the side which um, uh, most people kind of overlook. A couple of things I really liked about this episode is they had one thing in there where they made it clear that they'd had to restrict the amount of time that people were allowed to enter into this virtual world. All right, which is interesting because that kind of indicates that they must have had a problem at some yeah, point. That's, uh, there are actually countries in the world that are doing this with uh, video game internet cafes and stuff. Yeah, as well for the, second, the, for the very friends, very same reason. Yeah, and the second thing in there was um, they kind of hinted at the idea that people were hacking their way in and then uploading their consciousness straight away, so they didn't have to wait. Um, and you could opt to do this at the end of your life if you're or if you're a terminal, you could choose to enter this world uh, forever. Okay, right? and they uploaded consciousness. So uh, I would say that that exact scenario. Is probably the start. The world is is where it's going to end because I have a I have a philosophical question for you around that as well. If you upload your consciousness to an electronic system somehow, um, so you can live on essentially, this is the same argument that I've had with people usually on drunken late nights about Star Trek's transporter technology. With no, you're not transporting yourself somewhere else. You're creating an exact duplicate of yourself and, and then the killing world. yourself. So it's the same thing. You're not up. You're creating a copy of yourself and then you're killing yourself. Mm. So one may yeah. argue that in fact that's not an optimal route. But either way, yeah, that's a pretty good. I can see that happening. I can yeah, see. And you know, oh. and you know why I think that's 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 what it is because this also ties in where, of course, you know about the singularity, which is this theory yep. that. Ultimately, technology is going to get to a point where it's like all powerful and all omnipotent, and it's essentially like a god, right? That's exactly what this is. This is a this is technology advancing to the point where it knows everything. It's omnipotent, omniscient, etc. Just simply by having everyone in it and everyone being part of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's okay. Then everyone's part of the Borg Collective. Um, exactly. However, however, there's a, there's another uh, interesting. Um, there probably have to be some dipshit sysadmin though, on the outside going, oh, "This no. is bullshit. This is no. bullshit." And like no, updating stuff. You don't stuff. want a sysadmin on something that could potentially be an omnipotent <laughs> being. That's terrible. Uh, but but this is actually interesting because I was watching TED Talks a few weeks ago, all around uh, emerge, uh, th- information about AI. And my God, don't do that. They're terrifying. You'll never leave your house again. Uh, and the idea is not that. In, in movies and TV, and this is the, the way they explain it, um, essentially with AI, AI only needs to get to a certain point, right? There's this thing in movies where you go, okay, AI becomes super intelligent, let's say Skynet, and it turns on the humans and it's evil and it destroys all, destroys all of them. That's yeah. not quite what happens. With, with AI, and they've proven that in order, to, in order to ascend past this level of artificial intelligence you don't need to create a super intelligence you only need to create the intelligence of a moderately not that smart person so you don't need to create an intelligent organism you need to create one moderately intelligent or even mildly intelligent slightly uneducated person right the problem with computers is because of the way computers operate especially when you're looking at quantum computing even though they're only as smart as a theoretically dumb person the speed at which they're able to process data means that within the space of about a day they can process what would take a normal human maybe 200 years of just thinking to come up with the with the outcome of right you combine that with the fact that we can do things like multi-threading and then you end up with essentially a room 
of 16 really dumb people sitting alone for 200 years in order to come up to the answer to any question you pose it, which means you haven't created a super intelligence. You've created an intelligence that can operate far faster than anything else. So yeah, well, it's not arguing it's actually smarter. Now, the, the problem you have there is all of these protections that people are trying to do, and, and they are around AI, is the speed at which technology evolves and the way that we are currently evolving technology is at a pace where we are ineducated enough to create control systems to protect ourselves from this system before we actually create it. And when you create it, it's a cat's out of the bag. You can't undo the creation of that because by the time you've figured out a way to turn it off, it's already figured out a way to prevent you from turning it off. And once again, this isn't a malicious thing. Let's say you create a, or a uh, artificial intelligence in order to solve a problem. And you go, okay, you're as smart as, let's say a room of, you're as smart as 16 physical education teachers in a room for 200 years. This so is not the computer. terribly smart. Yeah, I go, but this yeah. is the computer yeah, that you've yeah. created essentially. And you pose it the problem. You give it some rules, so maybe like Asimov's things, like you know, you can't hurt a human, you can't all this kind of stuff. The, the three laws of robotics. Um, however, with enough time, there are always ways around rules to break rules. It's the genie effect. You say, "I want this." There's a way to bend that into something that you don't want because you haven't thought of every possible thing you can tell that not to do um, in order to protect yourself, right? So yeah, yeah. you give it the thing, and you say, "Okay, uh, we have a massive environmental problem." Uh, how do we fix the environmental problem? The computer's going to pretty much turn back to you straight away and go, oh, easy, kill all the humans. And he goes, in fact, I've made this easier for you. I've already developed something that which will do this in the form of a neurotoxin. And oh, look, I've already figured out a way to use this, this, and this to create that in the real world. And I've released it. And cool, there we go. I fixed your problem for you. Um, and it's like, oh my God, oh shit. And logically, no, no, that no. is completely right. Um, so well, com- well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's, okay, you're... <laughs> We already know what the problems are. We already know what the solutions are. We just yeah, exactly. don't listen to the people saying it. No. So if, even if an AI came back and like, you should stop polluting the environment, fuck you. I want to do anything. I'll do what I want. Don't tell thing. me what the, to do. The problem here is if you pose a question like that, but it's an example I'm giving. That's a really good example. So the problem you get is this. If you create something that by definition is is as intelligent as you know the room that I talked about before and they can think at, thousands times the speed of a normal human being, um, they can increase their intelligence because an artificial intelligence is able to learn and adapt. They can learn quicker, which means they go from that to being something that genuinely is hyper-intelligent extraordinarily quickly. The problem you have there is you look at... Movies basically use shock value to say, yeah, the machines attacked us and they're like the enemy and they're evil and they're seeking distress. That's not what happens at all. If you're a person... And you're in your kitchen, right? Let's say, okay, let's say you're out walking down a footpath and you see some ants on the footpath. Are you going to just stand on right. them? Or well, I generally, I know this I might be a bit of a thing. If I see some ants, I don't seek out to step on them. I'll step around them. However, if they're in my kitchen and if they're in my way, I'll kill all of them. A in, yeah. super intelligence would look at us at much the same level. You're like, well, I'm not going to, you know seek out to destroy you but if you're getting in the way of the goal i have yeah i'll kill you straight away you're irrelevant to me you're not you're not an enemy you're just that unimportant because you're you're you know you're next to nothing um so with all of the things that people are trying to do with intelligent uh, artificial intelligence and people keep doing it despite the fact that they they know it could end badly like look at the super collider when they turn that thing on what was there was like a 50% chance it was going to create this sea of black holes and destroy the earth and they just went yeah, oh, fuck anyway. it we'll turn it on anyway it's the same thing people will do it because they're always trying to push the frontier of science this is why I'm pretty sure a combination between that and Boston Dynamics are going to end the world because Boston Dynamics is the most terrifying company in the freaking world. Did um, you know Did you know that there was a guy who once accidentally stuck his head in one of those um, colliders? Oh, my God. Why? Yeah, yeah. How yeah, do you yeah. accidentally he, stick your head in the Hadron Collider? Oh, there was, there was something that was loose or something while it was running. So, he like stuck his head in it and like half his head melted off. But he was all right. <laughs> He survived. And they you, thought, oh, well, you're dead. You're fucked. And no, he survived for like another 30 years. He would have the occasional seizure and he could. He, he was a scientist. He could still- <laughs> He had a he, melted head. I'm yeah, surprised. He could, he, but he could still science. It's bizarre. 
Wow. Yeah. So, well, that see, see, humanity, humanity does have a tendency to hang in there like cockroaches. But yeah, once again, that people are interesting when it comes yeah. to the pursuit of scientific advancement. So, when you combine gaming technologies with uh, robotic technologies. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this you trying technologies. to is this you trying to segue back to games from our you know clearly game related? No, no, no. I actually I actually have an end result of this <laughs> that, that relates directly to a game. Okay, there's a guy I um there's a guy that I've talked to a, a fair few times on the web, and I he's um he runs a blog. Uh, but okay, as a university project, right? In 2001, maybe 2002, around about that time, right? Um, yeah. He created. A, at the university, he provisioned a virtual server and he put a uh, Quake 3, Quake 3 Arena deathmatch thing on it, right? Uh, and he did some adaptations to the AI that was, was basically, you know, built into Quake 3 for the, for the player AI. However, what he did was he basically, he recompiled it all so he had a system that would iteratively learn the moves of other players and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so they could watch and essentially become better. And the idea was... It was meant to be a fantastic AI that as a player you could go in and play against and they would learn from your moves iteratively until oh, they got yeah, better and better I've, and were able to beat this. you. Um, now, what happened was really, really friggin' bizarre because he did this and players went in there and played for a while and yeah, that they, they got better and better and better and then he forgot about it. Now, in 2011, I think it was, uh, he was doing something with the uni and he discovered that this server was still running. And nobody knew it was there. It was just nestled away running as a process on some weird VM that was shelved. Um, yeah. And he thought, this is weird. I wonder what's happened. So he logged into the game, uh, got an old Quake of Quake 3 and went into the game. And the thing that he saw was really, really bizarre. And it was a deathmatch, right? And he went in there and every single player was just standing still. And he's like, did it break or something? And he walked around and all of the players, like all of the, the AI, just watched him. And they turned to look at him. They didn't follow him or anything. They all just stood where they were. They weren't shooting at, at, at each other or anything like that. Um, yeah. And he'd worked out quite quickly that what had happened is they'd been running for many, many years. And what they had learned is that there was no user input coming through. There was no one to kill and there was no point in killing each other. So they just stopped. Um, the next thing that happened was even more terrifying because one of the ones behind, like one of the ones behind him as he was facing away, came up and essentially punched him in the back or used the the, the little the tiny little gun thing where you go eh, and like push him. Yeah, yeah. And he went what and turned around and he turned around to look at the guy that was running away and immediately got shot in the back of the head by a railgun. Then he spawned again and they did it again. Someone came up behind him and went eh and he turned around and got shot from behind. Uh, and then he quickly uh, quit and deleted it because it was all too scary for him. But it was it was interesting because the AI essentially came to the conclusion that there was no point in continuing to kill each other. They'd all gotten like 9 million kills or something. And they went, why are we doing this? We'll just sit here and wait. And then when someone comes in, we have a strategy to ensure that they don't kill us. Which is to stand there and do nothing. Um, but Yeah, that's pretty horrifying. That's, that's pretty a horrifying. very... That is a very basic AI and showing what it can do over the space of, you know, 10 years when left to its own devices. Uh, larger scale AI is far more scary than that. And some of the stuff they've built into games, like you look at the emergent behavior in, uh, uh, what was that game where it was only one voice actor for all of the guys in the game? Oblivion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I've told you the story before about the, f the horse that was on fire and <laughs> set fire to an entire village of people. Um, now. And that was the same thing. It's, it's emergent behavior because unexpected things happen when you combine variables in unanticipated ways. So, no one's going no to try and create an AI. It'll just happen by accident. Uh, was it Microsoft that created that really offensive AI? Or was that IBM? I think it was. I think it actually was Microsoft, the ones who who put up the the thing, uh, the AI, and got everyone to just give it input, and it turned into this <laughs> massive this racist troll, so horrific, like racist, <laughs> strangely anti-Semitic, like yeah, it, it, it was really at one point, like some that's some, that's 
they they turned it off because it started like yeah I like, think didn't wasn't there some girl at some point who went on and like tried talking to it and it was like you sound like you have a Jewish name I hate the Jews <laughs> yeah it, well, it was horrible it got really really bad and it was just because it collectively got the input from all the people on the net and the majority of people out. on the net are on you know 4chan apparently and they're horrible people yeah so anyway so should we uh, we should probably try and wrap this up we should do our game reviews pretty quickly. Yeah. And then wrap up. Um, so anyway, yes, I I checked out a couple games uh, this week. And one which I'll go through very briefly because I don't really know how to explain this game. It's called Montaro. And I picked it up on a Steam anime sale um, over, the, oh. uh, over the weekend. And it's a weird game. You play a corgi in what's more or less an infinite run platformer through a city where yeah. you have to not die. Um, this game has gotten like consistent five star ratings. Um, there were, it's very cute. It's very relaxing. It's an endless runner with a corgi. It's kind of like, uh, it's not quite as good as pug. Um, what is it? The pug one that we played infinite pug runner or pug, whatever it is. No, we haven't played it yet. No, I've played pug endlessly, man. What are you talking about? What? I haven't. Wait, do I own it? Yeah. Pug, pug thing 2d. I reviewed it in like episode two. Yeah, and I never played it, you son of a bitch. No, hang on. Why Did is I... that my fault? Wait, Turbo Pug. It? Turbo Pug and Super Space Pug. Oh, do I own it? I don't own it. Get up, dude. Turbo it. Pug is like a dollar. No, sorry. It's 99 cents. So it's less than a dollar. <laughs> no, that's it's, right. I, it's I have other games. I have other games to play. Now I have Trick Towers, Eon Alter, Primal Carnage, Move or Die, Ultimate Chicken Horge, Chicken Horge, okay. uh, Chicken Horse, You've or, got and the Rampage Knights. You've I got, got the, the Humble Bundle. bundle. Uh, but anyway, so I played this game called um, Montara, and it is—it's interesting. It's weird. It's kind of like Turbo Pug, except a little bit slower. Um, and you're a dog that jumps over the place, and you collect coins, and you basically don't die. It's very cute, cutie. It's phenomenally strange because it keeps getting ten out of ten ratings everywhere. However, there's a thing in it that I find a little bit disturbing which is you get extra points and collect extra items if, as a dog, you jump up at the right moment as you're passing Japanese schoolgirls and make their skirts go up. And that's really weird. Um, it's weird. Like, apart from that, it feels like a really cute, innocent game. But then that gives you this, just this slight feeling like you're being filthy and it just kind of makes it I don't know. It's like you're eating a cheeseburger and then you're halfway through and it's good. And then there's this weird fish taste and you're like, what? I don't well, feel of, very well now. One of the screenshots appears to be the dog wearing a husky skin. Oh, some of the skins and stuff. Everything else about this game is kind of cool. And it's, it costs like 70 cents. Um... And it's why fun, is, but why is that one of the meter bars is really weird? Why are one of the meter bars underpants? That's the thing I'm talking about. That's what happens when you jump. So it's a primary goal of the game. It is one of the primary goals <laughs> of the game. It's it's weird. I don't know who wrote it, but they're on some interesting. Let's drugs. find out. Let's find out who wrote Jack Slap. That's that's exactly the well, kind of name I was expecting. His name, Jack Slap. No, no, no. It's really. J- he sounds JC- like a pimp. JCK. <laughs> JCK Slap. I'm sorry. Jack Slap is the the most horrible and great name I've ever heard. Um, that's exactly so anyway, what you would expect to hear, though. So anyway, I don't know how to rate that game. I don't think I'm capable of rating that game. I'm just gonna say it's a game. I can't say it was awful because most of the gameplay was fine, but I can't say that it was great either because it's just bizarre. Um, now, the other the, before I get to my next game, I, I want to put a shout out. Uh, last week, no, I will do that right at the end because it's a thing that I can endorse. And we were discussing earlier about um, things that we've looked at that are interesting to us. Anyway, the second game I yeah. played was a game which, uh, if you've been on the Facebooks or the Twitters... Uh, all the tubes of you and all of those different things. Uh, yeah. The Pinterests and such. Um, I'm running out of names. Um, it's a game called Chicken Scream. Now, I found it, it. B- before all of this because I started Googling 
Uh, not Google. I started searching for apps and it was like a top search result. I went, what the fuck is Chicken Scream? So, do you know what this game is, Puck? I, yes, I, I do, yes. Okay, for anyone that hasn't been exposed as yet, Chicken Scream is a platformer where you play a chicken and you control its movement by making noise. So, you make a little bit of noise, like, it will walk slowly. Uh, and then you go, and it'll jump. So, the volume of your voice denotes if it's going to jump and how fast it moves and what it's doing. So, what you end up doing is, you know, you'll be in bed one night or sitting in a room and suddenly you're either significant other or your child or something like that from another room. You'll suddenly hear, which if you could hear in the background of this podcast, my daughter's currently in another room going, that's... Now... This game is a fantastic concept. Very, very easy to do. Very easy to do. And um, like in terms of development, and it's not really been done. And it's unique. And it's kind of captured the imagination of people. However, I have seen some hilarious stuff so far coming in from footage that people have either sent me or have found on YouTube of things like people sitting on trains and businessmen sitting on the train going home going... Ah! Like that, and everyone in the train <laughs> crapping themselves with fear. Um, so this is a game that is fun to play and exceedingly annoying to everyone around you. Thus, awesome. I am giving it seven out of five nap hugs because that's what I'm all about. Um, that's awesome. It's fun and wow, it's weird. And our last game review for the day is I reviewed, or I played and reviewed um, Cry of Fear. Cry of Fear. Yeah, but I didn't play much of it because it's really scary. Oh, I know that. Yeah, it's uninstalled now. Uh, I'm safe now. Oh, you need to stop doing that. You can't just get to a scary <laughs> bit in the game and go uninstall it. Because um, this well, happened with Doom 3, didn't it? Clearly no, I No, sorry, can. this happened with... I know what this fear. happened with. Fear. Fear. Yeah. All of the fear titles. Obviously, I can do that. Um, just saying. Hey, uh, yeah. community, uh, can you vote Vote on this uh, Vote on this post? Go to our Facebook or hit us up on Twitter or something like that and let us know if you would like us to uh, film a playthrough of this game where we lock Puck in a nope. dark room and film him playing Cry of Fear. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it because I'm not scared by anything, but... Yeah. Um, basically, what this game is, is it's very Sovietish. You're kind of. Hang on. Dumb. It's what? It's a bit Soviet. Sovietish. It's a bit Sovietish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're. Well, no, 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 no. You, you, can't just, you can't just waltz past a statement like it's a bit <laughs> Sovietish. What the it's... hell does that mean? Okay. Uh, it's like dystopian. Soviet. <laughs> I wouldn't. I think you're using. I don't think that means what you think that means. No, no, no. Cause... Okay, so it's like a dystopian, uh, Sovietish kind of future. Uh, or not even future. <laughs> using the it's... word Sovietish. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's set in like Prague or something. I don't know. Okay, that's that fine. fine. Um, and basically, uh, yeah. You're, it's a puzzle game, so you have to find keys and you have to read, you know, clues on one computer to go and unlock a door somewhere to get the code and so on and so forth. But every now and again, as you're walking along, it's a really creepy atmospheric kind of game. And then yeah. every now and again, uh, like a ghost or some shit will just appear in front of you and scream at your face. Um, or the it's 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 a bit of a weird game too. I'm not sure I like it. Just as a gameplay, it was very haphazard. And I think I think I get where they were going for, and I think they missed the mark. It sounds like an it sounds like an, uh, a a semi on rails haunted house ride to me. Kind of, kind of. Except you're walking through a city, but in the first thing you you kind of you wake up in what seems to be like a pseudo hospital room, pseudo hotel room almost, and you have a camera on you that you can take photos of, and when it flashes, you can see just glimpses of things. Oh but then just suddenly you're in a city. Okay. So it's like, yeah, okay. Well, this, this sure. game started as a Half-Life mod and was later released as a standalone game. 
Yeah, I, I, I didn't like it. I would give it, like, from a gameplay point of view, it was it was boring. But you, scary- didn't, you didn't play that far into it before you no. installed it by the sound well, of it. From what I what I played, uh, no, look, okay, it, it looks nice. It was creepy. I think it was poorly delivered because it wasn't creepy as in, oh, wow, yeah, like, build up the tension. It was, you could almost predict exactly yeah, when the jump okay. scares were going to happen. So, I think it was poorly done in that regard um i would give it's a it shock value yeah i would yeah. I, I would give it two nap hugs out of five you know what we should do we should um we should put you in a very dark room and and get you to play dead space oh, yeah, i never played that should play that um well you know okay you know you know fear and mm. you know uh the experience you had in in doom 3 when somebody walked into the room behind you yeah yeah, yeah. okay um combine combine those um, with the, I don't even know how to describe the level of fear and uh, trepidation that this instills in you. Dead Space is one of possibly the most terrifying games I've ever played because of the way they've executed it. It's not, it. There are a couple shock value things, but the majority of the the fear in that game is not shock value. It's it's the that gut wrenching fear of, oh. I don't know, upcoming invasive pile surgery that you can't get out. I don't know. It's it's friggin' terrifying, man. Um and it's it's creepier than it is shock value scary. So it's it's genuinely oh well if you play that late at night with headphones in a dark yeah. room, you will not sleep for three days. You're not making me want to play this game. No, no. Oh, well, it's it's a fantastic game because it is one of the best examples of well-executed sci-fi horror um, that I've ever seen. It was a great game. Dead Space Two was similar. Uh, it had a bit more of a plot, and your character—I don't believe your character was voiced in the first one, so you get a bit of the you know the Gordon Freeman effect where your character yeah. doesn't talk and it just feels a bit weird. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, the the second one was still quite creepy. The third one wasn't as creepy, but felt more like a blockbuster, Mass Effecty style game. I actually really enjoyed the first one, third one, even though it wasn't so much a horror game. It was more of an action game. You know, you know how okay, you know the Aliens movies. You know how Alien was creepy, suspenseful, horror kind of stuff, and then Aliens, James Cameron was an action movie. Yeah, right. Same so, same kind of thing. So some people liked it, some people don't. Some people like one more than the other. But it's a scary game. Yeah, you would. But then the on, first one would. Yeah. And on scary things, uh, have you seen the uh, uh, it is coming out soon? Oh, I saw that, and I saw the preview, and went, "Oh my god!" Yeah, um, it looked great, didn't it? I would still, I would still like to say, I think, I just think in my in my heart, I think Tim Curry is still more terrifying because he played the original Pennywise in the miniseries, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Not, perhaps not as a clown, but in general, as a person, he is still more terrifying than it. And if you don't believe you, me, I will send you a video which is four minutes of him laughing evilly from various movies. Yeah, my, um, my wife has a, uh, a cousin who looks identical to Tim Curry. That would be the most disturbing thing. Yeah, yeah, Ever. it's it's really funny because like he doesn't like on like face value he doesn't, but then when you <laughs> when you actually start talking to him he's got the same mouth. Oh, uh, he's got the Tim Curry mouth. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. terrifying, man. Well, I think that um I think that rounds us up. I've only got one other little thing I give a shout out to, which is um we were talking last week on the show about game development, uh, indie game development, or was it the week before? Getting into indie game development anyway, and some of the things that are around there and Unity is a tool, you know, being fantastic for mobile platform, 3D games, stuff like that. Um, But if you're a new developer and you you don't know much programming and you want to get started with something you can dive into a lot quicker, uh, I was talking about Game Maker Studio, which has been responsible for a lot of really good indie games. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, in programming, you get people that like one language and people that like another language. Yeah, Yeah. And they genuinely hate each other with animosity, although you look at it externally and go, you're both idiots, shut up. You're both good for certain things and not good for other things, so shut up. Um, yeah, Game yeah. Maker and Unity have that animosity going. The Unity community tends to hate Game Maker. The Game Maker community doesn't hate Unity that much, but they do tend to throw crap at it. However, one's really good for 2D games, one's really good for 3D games. Um, long story short, Game Maker released a new version on Game Maker Studio. 
um, which was Game Maker Studio 2 a couple of weeks ago. Now, one of the biggest problems with Game Maker was it had a very old clunky interface. It looked like it had been written in Delphi because I think the original one actually was. Um, there were some optimizations that were lacking. It, it looked pretty raw, but it was still pretty easy to use. The new Game Maker, holy crap, they've redeveloped the whole thing. So awesome. it's still as easy to get into. Have the interface on my... I, I swear it looks better than Unity now. It is a sexy interface. Um, it's just... They've obviously put a hell of a lot of work into making an extremely polished UI. Um, but yeah, so if you're looking at getting into uh, game development, download the trial. Um, watch some tutorials. The majority of tutorials for the original Game Maker Studio... Not Game Maker 8, Game Maker Studio. They're different products. Um, we'll still, you'll still be able to do all those things in the new one. Uh, and there's new tutorials rolling out, but, oh, it's got stuff in there. It's got built-in default shaders and semi, uh, 2D canvas lighting engines and all kinds of awesome stuff that wasn't in the first one. Um, Dave is salivating to get back into that one because it's, yeah, looks like they've done a really good job. So yeah, that's my, my recommendation. If you're looking to get into a games development, uh, of the 2D variety, if you're looking at 3D, go Unity. Or if you're looking at like 3D-ish graphics, go Unity. But platformers, top-downs, sprite-based pixel graphics or anything like that, check out the new version of Game Maker Studio. Yeah, right. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I was salivating a bit the other night, geeking out on all of its features. Hmm. Shortly before I got... Um, my ass handed to me in Horizon, but that's my uh, that's my good, weeknights good. now. Uh, so anyway, we should probably wrap up because uh, we've gone for a while. Now. We have run over, we have run over significantly. But that's, well, that's okay. Fine. We were talking about the wonderful end of the world. So uh, between now and next week, hopefully your world doesn't end. Uh, goodbye, everyone, for tonight, and uh, have a good weekend. Good night, Gigi.